We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, uh, still in the best sermon ever, verses 14 through 16. We got a little salty last week, and today we're not going to look at this little light of mine, but this big light of mine. Let there be light. You heard that? God uttered his first creative command. Let there be light. And he said, according to scripture, that it was good. And I agree. Light is especially important. Maybe you're like us and you took your kids when they were younger to the touristy restaurant called Casa Bonita in Denver. Anybody? They're, they're, they're not just in Denver, but other places, okay? Casa Bonita. The food is at best okay. But the waterfall is really cool, and the divers are great, and the gorilla that runs around, that was a lot of fun and entertaining for the kids. But the one in dinner, Denver, Casa Bonita, to enter it, you have to kind of almost go underground and in this tunnel, and you begin to wind around this long, winding tunnel. And one time when we were there, there was a powerful storm that hit, as it happens in Denver, sometimes in the summertime, just like here, those thunderstorms. And it hit, and, it, and we were there with our four little boys, and it knocked the power out. This was a problem. As we were trapped with many people in utter darkness, not knowing where our four boys were. I thought they were here and here and here, but once it went black, and you know, in that place, it's wall to wall people, and they were short. So, you know, you're here, you're hitting people, you're hitting others. Sorry, ma'am, sorry, sir, trying to find your children. When the lights came back on, everyone cheered, especially my wife. Uh, I learned about the power of light that day. You know, I thought, we could, I thought I could tell Matthew, let's just kill the lights in here and see what happened. I don't know. Matthew, do you have the ability to kill all the lights in here at one time? Close that door back there, Bob. Let's just see what happens. Just kill it for two or three seconds. Let's see what happens. No, you didn't kill them all. You still didn't kill them all. Still didn't kill it. We got too many lights. All right, bring it back up. <laughs> Never mind. You get the idea, though. If you, if you can imagine this just going completely, the, the windows, no light coming in and all that. I mean, there's the power of light. Light is very powerful. I also discovered the power of light last night at about 11.30 p.m. I, d I discovered that our house was a little warm, and so I had to go investigate because... Air conditioner was just running, running, running. So I went outside to the west side of our house where the air conditioner is, and it's pitch black on that side. So I went back in and got my light. You know what everyone's light is, right? If you have one of those cell phones, smartphones, right? So I went out and used the light, and it illuminated it, this beautiful machine that wasn't working. And I checked. It wasn't frozen. I looked, did everything I could, and then I went back in and just went to bed and turned the light off depressed, but the light shone in the darkness. So that's the idea I want you to get this morning. In fact, Scripture tells us in 1 John 1, 5 that God is light. Jesus said in John 8 and in John 9, 8, 12 and 9, 5, Jesus said, you remember, don't you? He said, I am the light of the world. And in our text today, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. What an incredible compliment, I think. God is light, Jesus is light, and believers are said to be the light of the world. Wow! Not only is it a great compliment, but it's also a serious responsibility. 
for us. Whatever light is and does, the believer is to be and to do. And we're able to be salt and, and we're able to be light because of what God does in us. Do you remember that progression in the Beatitudes we just got through? And just the love of Christ compels us to be salt and light. If you're being salt and light just to prove you're right or just to highlight someone else's sin or just to look down on someone, it's not going to go well. But when we allow Christ's love to compel us and work through us as believers who are growing more and more like him, we have the ability to do something very special. Anybody like Christmas lights in here? You know, I, we lived in Bloomfield, and, you know, it's a little more rural place in Albuquerque. A lot of people left their Christmas lights up year-round. Did you know that? But I discovered the power of an HOA when I moved to Albuquerque, and you know about that. They were militant on our, our neighborhood on the west side. You had, like, uh, I think it was maybe 30 days from Christmas. You had to have them all down and all that kind of stuff, and so... We did that, but Christmas lights are just for a season, aren't they? And really, they're just there to entertain us, to sparkle, to please us, and all that. It's just for a season. But the highway light is different. It's the light, or the parking lot light, it's the light that's intended to guide us in all seasons. In fact, we'll whine and gripe if it's not there because it's too dark. It's supposed to be there no matter what. Rain or shine, even in storms, they must continue to light the highway or perhaps someone might discover deadly chaos. So I would say to us today, as we look at these scriptures, let us not be seasonal Christians like Christmas lights, but let us be more like that uh, street light or the highway light that is there all the time. We are to light our world. And as I said to you last week, and I'll say to you again this week, are we good for nothing, or are we good for something? Are we good for nothing, or are we good for something? Let's look at verses 14, 15, and 16. Jesus speaking in the best sermon ever. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Would you pray with me? Lord, speak to us today from your word. Not my words, but your words. Challenge us today, Lord. Do heart surgery on us today, God. We ask that you speak to our hearts today. And Lord, I pray for those who do not yet have a personal relationship with you. They have not yet received salvation and the joy that comes with that. That they would be open to your moving in their hearts and their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we'll jump right in. We've got four things. It seems dark. Is it a little dark in here? Did, did I mess up the lighting cues? Is that the cue for the read your Bibles? No. All right. Look, see. Oh, man. Can I do this? We can go. No. I could even go purple or red. No, I won't do that. Red or green. You all be hungry. That'd be no good. All right. We don't do that. Number one, 
Point number one, our character is one that reflects light, reflecting light. You may say, why did you choose that? Well, you'll find out when we get going. But I think our character as disciples, followers of Christ, should be one of reflecting light. We're to reflect the light of the world. Jesus, we just saw that. He said it a couple times in Scripture. We are to be like Jesus. What a radical transformation that has taken place in the believer's life. And if you don't realize or understand or feel that a radical transformation has taken place in your life, you better check yourself at the door and make sure you truly are a believer, you truly are a Christian, because your life should be so different than what it would be without Christ. It's a radical transformation that has taken place in the believer's life. And I understand that, that some were, were saved as a child, even a small, small child. I understand that. You weren't a gang leader yet. I understand that, okay? You hadn't robbed 12 banks. But as we grow, it should become more and more transformational because we are growing more and more like Jesus. And we should be reflecting his light more and more. And I'm going to tell you what, you can reflect light. I remember when I was a boy, a bunch of us, the last uh, five of us were all boys, and it was pretty rough. It was fun, actually. You know, you got beat on, and you passed it down to the next one, and I was number three of those five, so at least I got to pass it down, you know, and then it got passed down. And then our youngest brother, unfortunately, grew to be the largest of everyone, and we had to confess and bribe him and make sure... He didn't come and pummel us because we had it coming. But I remember getting a mirror one time. I think I stole it, sorry, out of mom's purse or something. But I got a mirror and situated just right. Have you ever done this? And the sun came, and I just would light up my brothers right in the eye. Don't recommend that you do that. And I was hidden, so they, you know, I would just do it a little bit and pull it back, and it just would blind them, and then they'd look, where was that coming from? It was so fun. And, <laughs> Until my older brother found out where it was, and then he found me, and then it wasn't so fun. But it's just another reminder of reflection, how strong it can be. Listen to 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, this is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Are you getting it? Do you see that? The reflection. What's supposed to be going on in our life? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, displayed in the face of Christ. See, Jesus is our example. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God. We reflect it. And it's not from us. We are to be reflectors. So what is light? Well, just like with salt last week, I discovered with light, I could have probably given you about 14 to 18 things. But we'll use the good biblical number, seven. And so let's look at seven things about light today. Number one, light is clear and purifying. Let's think for a minute. Ephesians 5, 8 and 9. Think about where you were before God touched your life. For you were once 
darkness. Is that clear enough? For you were once darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Do you see the clear transformation that takes place there? And and when the scripture says walk as children of light, it's a present imperative. What does that mean? It simply means this. You're to do it continually, even better. You're to do it habitually and do it over and over. And the scripture tells us that it's only possible through the Spirit of God. And so we're to do that. It's clear. It clears things out. It purifies things. Number two, light penetrates and enlightens. Light penetrates and enlightens. By nature, that's what it does. It'll cut through and eliminate darkness. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. And then Jesus said in John 12.35, Jesus answered, The light will be with you, talking about himself, only a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. And Jesus wasn't just talking about a dark path. He was talking about himself being the light of the world, what God might do. Number three, light reveals and guides. You see, light clears the way and opens things up. And spiritually speaking, light opens up the truth. We know John 14, 6, Jesus says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 12, 36, Jesus says, while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. John 12, 46, just a few verses later, he says, I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. Listen, if you're in darkness today, you're not a believer. God is not dwelling within you. We can help you with that. You need to turn and repent and run to God because we should not be in darkness. So uh, let's make sure we're not doing that. Now, we might seem like we're in darkness sometimes because of unconfessed sin, Maybe a, a prejudice or an attitude or something else that we've let, let get a hold of us or we haven't confessed. So confess it up, Christian. Be in the light because light, man, it, it's so clear. It lights the path. It reveals. It guides. Number four, light exposes the darkness. This is a big one. John 3. Don't you love jo- chapter 3 of John? Nick at night. You know, Nick comes in at night, Nicodemus and... Jesus explains what we're talking about. No, talking about being born again and all that. And we get to John 3, 16. But let us remember John 3, 19 and 20. We love John 3, 16, but let us look at 19 and 20. You might want to underline that in your Bible. Because Jesus says this, this is the judgment that the light, talking about himself, has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds, are you ready, will be exposed. You know, most crime happens in dimly lit places, right? 
not always. Some is uh, it's brazen now, but you know, uh, I have you ever walked down a dark alley that you probably might not should have been doing in your life? I've done that a few times, and you can get a little nervous, as opposed to this lit up bright. People are walking by place. Okay, so think about it. Evil deeds are exposed by the light, capital L. Number five, light routes the chaos. Light routes the chaos. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Let me just stop there. That's a whole nother sermon. You don't want critics? Don't be a complainer. Don't be argumentative. Scripture right there. Okay, but it goes on and says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining, there it is, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Listen, our world is a world of chaos. Would you agree with that? I can't, you know, I don't watch the news on TV anymore. I can't hardly even look at articles that are dealing, you know, online with things. But our, our world is just in such chaos. Listen, we're to be shining. That chaos is pure, evil darkness, and we're to be shining, Scripture says, like bright lights, not just the light, but a bright light. Number six, light differentiates between the right way and the wrong way. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Do you see the promise there? If you are a follower of Christ, what you have in your life, what you can use in your life. Number seven, light warns and protects. Light warns of the dangers that lie ahead and protects us from stumbling and falling. Again, we had a number of kiddos over to our house Friday night and uh, David and I got talking about what happens when there's one piece of Lego on the floor in the darkness. Anybody ever experienced that? It will take a 6'6", 275-pound man to his knees, right? We, we need the light. So David said he gets his phone out and he's leaving the bedrooms. He's going around looking like that. Good for you because light warns us. Lego, light protects us. Not just from something like that, but from stumbling and falling as we try to serve the Lord. Ephesians 5, 11 through 14. Quite a few verses, but these are key. I want to read those to you today. Ephesians 5, 11 through 14. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made clear. For what makes everything clear is light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, rise up from the dead, and the Messiah, Jesus, will shine on you. Is that clear? No pun intended. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Romans 13, 12 states it this way. The night is nearly over, and the daylight is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on, are you ready for this? Put on the armor of light. That's what the scripture says in Romans 13, 12. And again, I mentioned John 9 earlier, John 9, 5. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. 
Now we know that Jesus is no longer bodily in this world. His light is now in us if we're a follower of Christ, a believer in Christ, so we must be reflections of him. Do you see why I said it that way? It's not just you are the light of the world, but we are reflectors and we must do that. Let's move on to point number two. It's just like point number two, I think, last week when we were talking about salt. The location is earth. Remember, our ministry, our place of ministry is right here on earth. It's where we live and minister. It's, listen, it's your zip code. The zip code that you are in is not an accident. God has placed you there. It's your zip code. You are to minister and live just like I am to minister and live in my zip code. The place we need to shine is on earth. And let me tell you something. Our time is now. What are we waiting for, church? Are we waiting for a better offer? I hope not. Are we waiting just to get certain affairs in order? Or if I just get this or that? Our time is now. Have you noticed? Darkness is creeping more and more around us, and we have the light. Have you ever noticed when you flip the light on, the darkness flees? Anybody? Darkness can't stay. One thing darkness cannot be around is light. It goes away. Now, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how that works, but it works. Something about the speed of light and all that kind of stuff. The time is now, though, we reflect because why do we reflect? Why do we need to reflect the light of the world so much right now? Because our world is in chaos. Our world is in trouble and danger. And think about our world's people right now. Instead of just going, you dummy, how could you think that? How could you say that? How could you sin like that? How about we look at them and think, they're stumbling. They're falling in the darkness. They're groping in the darkness, and we need to put the spotlight right there so they can see their way. Now note in our scripture here that there's two examples. There's a city and a lamp. And there are to be examples in our world, in our homes. That tells me wherever we are, we let our light shine, whether it's at home or out and about. And we must do it. Let me share one other thing with you. There is no other light. There is no plan B. There is no other light. There's not some light that's going to come and do this. We are to be the light of the world. We must let our light shine wherever we are, every neighborhood, every workplace, every school. Listen, I know it's hard at work. I know it's hard at school. Be creative. Figure it out. Christians in the marketplace all over America are figuring it out. They're not just going, well, this rule says I can't do that. This rule says I can't do that. This school says I can't do that. No, figure it out. We can share the light. Every time someone has ever asked me something, the door's wide open. Would you agree with that? Even at your work. It's okay. Why are, why are you that way? Why, why do you react that way? Do you really want to know? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about a man who changed my life. You see how that can work? We need to do that in our city, in our state, in the entire world. It must be illuminated by the light of believers. Acts 13, 46, and 47. I love the book of Acts, don't you? Man, those were some fired up, whatever it costs, Christians. Then Paul and Barnabas boldly said, you ready? It was necessary that God's message be spoken to you first. You know who they're talking to. 
the Jews who are rejecting the message. Right, can you imagine that? Just stand up and do that? Dude, let me tell you. All right? And that's what they said. It's necessary that we spoke it to you. But since you reject it and consider yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. Let me just stop there. I'm forever grateful that they turned to the Gentiles. We got a lot of Gentiles in here. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful we live in the New Testament times, Christianity, all that kind of stuff? So we, he said, Paul and Barnabas say, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. Are you ready? Here it is. They're saying it to these folks. I have made you a light to the Gentile, for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And in our scripture even, it references Isaiah 49.6, which phrases this, this way, to be a light to the nations. So location is earth. So I don't care where you are. I don't care where your cruise goes. I don't care where you travel, what you do. We're to be a light. We're to be reflecting the light. Point number three, what's our mission? Our mission related to light is this. We are to have an indisputable, and I agonized over what word to use. It's probably the wrong word, but I went through about four or five words. Lord, what word should I use? But an indisputable witness. Do you know when something is indisputable? Do you? That's what our witness should be. That's what our testimony should be. Maybe you can think of it this way. According to the Bible that I read, there is no such thing as an invisible believer. Do you remember that guy from way back, that Francis, the sissy guy? Francis of sissy, uh, a sissy, do you remember that? Didn't he say like, Live your life. What was the phrase? I can't remember. Live your life out, you know, and, and if necessary, speak. He got it all wrong. You don't just live your life or you don't hide in a corner. You speak. You have a witness. You enter into the marketplace. You enter into the arena and you say, that's interesting. This is what I believe. That's, an, that's quite a theory you have. Can I share with you another theory that I think will last for eternity see we've got to in, enter in we can't be invisible believers we must speak we must do we must act we must must respond and the scripture here gives us two examples related to our mission to our witness did you catch it it says it says um, a city situated on a hill and then the, in the next verse it talks about a lamp so we have these two examples number one is a city on a hill now, according to the scripture, the biblical language, it's oros, which doesn't mean a low hill. Really, it's almost mountain. It's not mountain, but it is a high hill. Have you ever been on a high hill? Have you ever gone hiking? And when you get to the top of a hill, you went, boy, that was a high hill. I don't know what I was thinking. Now I got to go down? Yeah. So it's a high, the city is on a high hill, according to scripture. So thus, it's impossible for it to be hidden. Now think about uh, what was going on in their day. Often built of white limestone, ancient towns gleamed, gleamed in the sun and could not be easily hidden. You could go to Greece and see this or some of the Mediterranean islands. You'll still see these, these little villages set up and it's like whitewash. It's like bright white villages. And so that often happened in, and, and these places gleamed in the sun and they could not be easily hidden. So the hearers... The hearers of this best sermon ever, they got this symbol. They knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. It's this type of city 
that absolutely cannot be hidden. And how do we apply that? Well, the genuine believer of a follower of Jesus should be the same way. I cannot stress this enough today, church. We have to move out of the shadows and take the light. And we have to quit being invisible. Well, how do we do that, Pastor? I, God will tell you how to do it in your context, just like he tells me how to do it in my context. But we must do this. We must be out in the open and not hidden. We must be like the city on the hill that gives out light. And then the second example is the lamp. It's going to be on a lampstand, according to Scripture. So that lights the house. And interesting, in those days, it's a portable lamp. It's one that can be moved around. That's a whole other sermon, but you think about that for a minute. It's a portable lamp, and it is fueled by oil. Some of you might be old enough to have had an oil-fueled lamp in your home. Kids, you need to ask your grandparents about that. They also went to the bathroom outside. Not like you do, but in a house. You know, you can ask them. You should ask their stories, all kinds of cool things. But they had this fuel. And maybe you, you've experienced that going camping and stuff like that. But they understood that completely. And it is a great application in my mind, at least for me, is that I'm not the fuel. I'm the lamp. Who do you think the fuel is? The light of the world. It's God. It's Jesus. You see, I reflect. That fuel comes into me, and I reflect it. And notice this lamp is not under the basket. Did you see that? I thought about singing the song. Do you know it? This little, you going to sing it with me? This little light of mine. Sing it. This little, come on. I hope we have mics in here. This little light of, some of you are smiling for the first time today. Wow, it's pretty good. Give yourself a hand. Some of y'all did look funny at the person next to you. It's okay. We're supposed to make a joyful noise, right? doesn't say anything about beautiful melodies and, and harmonies. And then the second verse, we won't sing it, but it's hide it under a bushel. No, we learned that in VBS many years ago. All right. Well, that's what we're looking at. It's not a bushel. It's a basket. Listen, every house back in those days had a grain measuring device. It was a basket. And it's like, duh. No, I don't have the fuel. put the fuel in the lamp and light it and then stick that basket over it. Of course not. Instead, what did they do? They put it on a lamp stand up high. And so the light could be shown. It could be seen. It's another example for us. Listen, we cannot be undercover disciples. We don't live in a country where we have to be undercover because we might be martyred. We live here. We don't have to be undercover. Our witness must be seen and heard. Well, how does that work out, Lamar? City on a hill. Lamp up on a lampstand. Let us obey this command in Scripture. It's 2 Corinthians 13, 5. If you're struggling with this, think about this. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. 
Examine yourselves. Or do yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you fail the test. Check yourself out. Examine yourself. Are you a follower of Christ? Are you truly saved? Has salvation come to your life? Are you born again? All those terms we, we, we use. You can check yourself and examine yourself. And you can recognize that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test. And the good news is if you're not a believer, you can become one today. You don't have to wait. God is drawing you right to him, and he has that saving power. Jesus can forgive you of your sins. I like the way Martin Lloyd-Jones said it. I can't do the British accent, I'm sorry. If we find ourselves a tendency to put the light under a bushel, we must begin to examine ourselves and make sure that it really is light. Ouch. So let us be strong lighthouses. Can I say it this way? Because the lamp was portable. Let us be strong, mobile lighthouses that shine wherever we go. That is our mission, that our witness would be like light. It would be, it would be indisputable. Number four, last point. The purpose is simple. Shine, exclamation point. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to go to a Bible class. You don't have to be from a certain area. You don't have to be a certain age or gender. Listen, you, if you're a believer, you you shine. There's no qualifiers on it. Did you catch it? What does it say there? In the same way, just like these two examples, let your light shine before men. That means mankind. Everyone. There's no qualifier. Okay? And I ask the question again, are we good for nothing, Christian, or are we good for something? We must shine the light. We must reflect the light of Jesus. That's the command in the first part of verse 16. Let your light shine. You cannot interpret it any other way. You cannot translate it any other way. Let your light shine. Not let Hoppentown's light shine. Not let Pastor Lamar's light shine. But let your light shine. Let me really go to meddling here. Not your spouse's light shine. Your light shine. Hmm. This is why we have not been transported to heaven. Have you ever thought about that? I like Star Trek. You know, beam me up, Scotty. Why in the world would God leave us here after he miraculously saves us to be in this battle? It's exactly that, to be in the battle. Because the scripture says that Jesus has not returned. Why? Because there's still people to be saved. God is patient because there's still people to be saved. That's why we haven't been zapped to heaven the moment we're saved. Don't turn off the light, church. Don't darken it. Don't shade it. Instead, let us follow the command, shine. This is an interesting word. The word shine here is interesting. It doesn't mean just a little glow. It means to radiate brilliantly. Have you ever seen anything radiate brilliantly? Maybe your diamond ring or something. Okay. Or here's another trans, uh, definition, to beam forth. See, I had to be careful because I wanted to go 
Star Trek, can't do that. But picture a beam. Have you ever seen a beam? If you've ever been on a ship, there's some light beams that shoot out in the darkness, right? To help you not find the iceberg and things like that. So that's what the word means. Listen, church, we shine. We radiate brilliantly. We beam forth. And the way it's placed in the biblical language, it's voice and tense, just mean this. What we need to know about that is it's conveying something, a sense of urgency. If we were writing it today, we would think of Michael Jordan. You know the, the saying, right? It was one of the most famous marketing sayings ever. Just do it. You ever heard of that? Exclamation point. That's what we need to do. Let your light shine. We've got to shine. Now, there are two purposes for letting our light shine. These are not qualifiers, but these are two things that happen when we do it. Did you catch it? So that they may see your good works, end of verse 16, and give glory to your Father in heaven. The first one is why shine? To show good works. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's not about me. Scripture says you let your light shine to show good works. Now, how do we do that? We do that carefully. And make sure that we keep our spotlight on Jesus, right? I hope if someone ever credits you for a song sung or played, a Bible study taught, a sermon preached, a ministry of this or that, receive the encouragement, but put the spotlight on Jesus, amen? To God be the glory. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Titus 2.7 says this, talking about qualifications for church leaders, and you yourself must be an example to them by, how are you an example? Doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do, are you ready for this? Let everything you do reflect, there's the word, the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. And, of course, we know in the book of James, James goes on and on, doesn't he? Don't just be hearers of the word, but what? Be doers of the word. That's shining. He even goes so far to say faith without works is what? Dead. We've got to shine. We've got to shine. We've got to shine. So good works are there. Not that we take credit. And then the second result, of course, makes the first result make sense. It's to inspire people to glorify God. Did you catch that? I want you to see that. It doesn't just say, do good works and you glorify God. Did you catch it? It says, so that they, the people out there, may see your good works. And they will give glory to your Father in heaven. We have the opportunity to invest in people. We have the opportunity to be a light, to be the, a proper disciple of Christ in such a way that somebody out there, not sure about all this, can start giving glory to our Father in heaven. Does that sound like a good deal? Is that a little different than the people on TV just yelling at each other and you can't, they don't even understand each other? Listen, we have the opportunity to inspire people to give glory to God, to glorify God. Remember, it's the believer's chief aim. You remember that? That's our chief aim, to give God glory. If shining our light inspires others, others to give God glory, then we must shine and we have to shine in front of them. Duh. 1 Peter 2.12 
Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that in a case where they speak against you as those who do what is evil, they will, by observing your good works, glorify God on the day of visitation. Judgment's coming someday. Wouldn't it be great to shine our light in such a way that folks that do evil can give God glory when it comes to judgment? Why? Because they have seen the light. They have become believers as well. We have this opportunity. Remember, as we close, light has one purpose, to shine. No Christian hermits need to apply. There's no application for a hermit. And let me share this with you. This is a hard one for us. I think it's good to have Christian friends. All of you have Christian friends, right? But if that's all you have, you're missing out on the shine principle. Because other lights don't need light. Think about it. Right? Christian, you have light. You don't need to shine light right there. We shine it in the darkness. So remember that it's the people in darkness who need light. The more light that is put out in the darkness, the more the darkness has to flee is eliminated. So let's remember that. We're good at shining lights with other lights, but we've got we to shine somewhere else. And believers are not the only ones who are to glorify God. If we go out and shine, it causes those in darkness to see the light. And even to be able to glorify our Father in heaven. So I say spread it around. So let me close in this way. Be confident, Christian. Can you be confident? Don't be hesitant. Be confident because you are reflecting the light of the world. Scripture says, Jesus' words, you are the light of the world. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. We know this verse and the first phrases are what we really know, but listen when we get to the end of it. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. You know the verse, some of you, don't you? Why? Why are you that? So that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. So I would say to you, be confident. Do something this week. Do a little more this week, wherever you are. Listen, we're all in different stages. It's okay. But do something. Shine a little more than last week and let us see what happens. Now, maybe you're struggling to shine today. I realize that in a room this size and people online, Lots of people, you may be struggling. Heed the words of Alistair Begg. I love Alistair Begg, don't you? I mean, I like his teaching, but actually not all of it. It's okay. I don't, like, I don't even like all my teaching, all right? So it's okay. Uh, but I, I love his, he's still got that accent and all that. I can just see him saying this. Here's a quote from him. If you can't shine, at least twinkle. <laughs> twinkle. You see? We can all at least twinkle. And if that's all you're doing, twinkle a little bit more. And you'll get to the point progressively to where you're shining. And if you're already shining, get a bigger light. Get one of those that's on the stern of the boat and is shooting out there. Get a bigger light. We want to do that. 
do something more. Warren Wiersbe reminds us that, I quote, Christians are not sleeping in sin and death. We have been raised from the dead through faith in him. The darkness of the graveyard is past, and we are now walking in the light of salvation. Church, may we do that. And as I close, I just want to say one other thing. Perhaps you don't have light today. Scripture speaks of that. Scripture says that we're all sinners and we miss the mark. Scripture says that God is holy and our sin totally separates us from God, from the Creator. That's a problem. But God had a plan, a rescue plan. And He sent His one and only Son, Jesus who lived a perfect life, came to earth and lived a perfect life and was crucified on the cross. Have you ever heard of that? And he died for your sin and my sin. And on the third day, he didn't stay dead. What happened? He arose. The word is resurrected. That means alive to never die again. And he lives today, and he's preparing heaven for believers today, and he's working. Uh, as, as he left, he said, uh, my spirit will come. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. And so we have God living in us and a place being prepared for us in heaven. Wouldn't you want to get in on that? If you don't have any light, you can have light today. You can turn. It's called repentance. Turn from your sin and run to the one who loves you unconditionally and can forgive your sin. We call that salvation. We call that being born again. Why? Because we have a new life. That's God's rescue plan. He loves you that much. Perhaps you could have some light today. And Christian... We need more light. Maybe your light is pretty bright, but it's like this. Maybe you need a panoramic light where we can cover more ground. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your words today. Thank you for the command. Let your light shine. Would you help us, God? Would you help this week to be a little different than last week? God, help us to be like the city on the hill. Help us to be like the lamp that's put up high on the lampstand. Help us to do good works, not because we're good, but because you have pre prescribed them for us to do. And we do them in such a way that people see you and will give glory to you. God, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.